Hello, Screamer, and welcome to Scream Stream, your spoiler-free guide to streaming horror entertainment. I'm your host, Jimbo Lewis. If you're new to the show, what I do is pick a horror movie from one of the various streaming services and give it a spoiler-free review. Scream Stream is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and many more. In fact, if you go to ScreamPod.com, you can listen to episodes on the Anchor.fm page, subscribe to podcasts in your favorite podcast app, and even support the show monetarily all in one place. I also stream live on Twitch every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, starting at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at twitch.tv slash jimbospooky. All the links for that will be in the show notes. So before I move into the meat and potatoes of the show, I do want to say a few things. So it has been a long while since I've recorded an episode. Uh, the last episode I released was on October the 28th of last year. And uh, I do apologize for the lack of content. Uh, I do plan on picking back up and doing regular episodes again uh, this year. Last year, the end of last year was just uh, a lot going on. Um with, with family things and I know I, I say this all the time, family things and, and, and stuff like that. So, um, with the new season, we're in season three now with the new season, I have switched as of last week, I have switched everything o- over from Lipson to anchor.fm. Uh, and you know, when podcasting, I've, I've always talked about pay for hosting. Don't use free services. Just pay for your hosting because free services, uh, they can shut down at any time. They own your content, all that stuff. And this is a situation where I just really didn't have much of a choice. Uh, Lipson is, while relatively speaking, is is cheap. Uh, it is not cheap for me. And I don't really like asking for money all the time to support the show, especially when uh I kind of flake out on doing episodes. I, I just, I feel bad. Uh, so I've moved everything over to Anchor. Uh, they've recently updated their terms of service to state that you still own your, if you have a podcast there, you still own your content. Uh, Anchor does not own it. Now was a big controversy with Anchor. Uh, people were saying that in the uh, license agreement, it stated that they own your content uh, and they have all rights to it, but they, they, they fixed that. Uh, so I thought I'd give it a shot. I switched everything over, uh, while their, their publishing tools aren't as robust as Lipson, they do still have some cool features, especially the webpage. Uh, the webpage is really nice. Uh, so it has buttons for all of the major podcast services which uh, include uh, Apple Podcast, Breaker, Google, uh, Overcast, Pocket Casts, uh, Radio Public, Spotify, and just the straight-up RSS feed. Uh, also there, you can listen to all the episodes. It has a really nice interface. Uh, I can't get it to show the show notes. Oh, wait, yeah, I can. Yeah, you can get to show the show notes as well. Uh, right there on the webpage, you can also... Uh, click the support button and you have an option of, of supporting the show with $9.99 a month, $9.99 or 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month or, or $10 a month. And that's completely optional. Uh, completely optional. You do not have to do that. So that's really cool. 
it, it looks like a pretty decent service. Uh, I wish I had some sort of control over the design of the page, but I do not. Uh, so it's kind of like what you see is what you get. And there's not really much uh, customization there. But it look, for, for, for being a free service, it's not too bad. Uh, and there are also opportunities for um, monetization there. So it's not too bad. And they also give you like some decent uh, tracking tools and uh, analytics and, and things like that. So yeah, we're going, we're going to try it out and see how it goes. And, and right now it looks like uh, it's not too bad. It looks like it's not too bad. Uh, so there's that. Uh, this episode, getting now, getting, now we're moving into the meat and potatoes. Uh, this episode is going to be primarily a catch-up episode. Uh, I'm not going to focus on one film. Uh, I'm going to talk about a few, just a few of the films that I've watched this year so far and last year, and just kind of give like my my general thoughts. Uh, I also want to talk about a couple TV shows as well. Uh, so the first film that I do want to talk about is, uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Now this came out last year. This was actually released, uh, in August and we watched it. Do we watch it? I think we watched it, uh, this year. We rented this on voodoo for like $4. Uh, and this has had some controversy because it was rated PG one. It was rated PG 13 Two. It was not an anthology. What they did was they took several stories from the book or from the books and kind of woven them into this narrative involving uh, three teenagers and kind of created this sort of story about them uh, and, and intertwined characters from the books in a really interesting way, in my, my opinion. Uh, this currently has a 6.2 on IMDb. Uh, I think that is low. <laughs> it's actually really low. I, I enjoyed the film. I thought it was good. I thought it was well done. Uh, it was well written uh, for like a, a, a brief plot synopsis. Uh, on Halloween 1968, reclusive Stella and her two friends meet a mysterious drifter, Ramon, and uncover a sinister notebook of stories. So basically what happens is... They, they got dared to go to this haunted, this haunted house and in the haunted house, supposedly, supposedly, uh, the ghost of a girl who lived there would read you stories. Um, and they found her, her book, they took her book and the book started writing their own stories and the stories turned out to be from the actual book series. Uh, I know that, I know that sounds a little confusing. It's a little meta, but it was still a really interesting twist on taking an anthology of books or, or anthology of stories and combining them into a single narrative. I thought it was great. <laughs> I, I like this one a lot. Uh, I do highly recommend it. Uh, it's on Vudu for like four bucks. Uh, you can rent it. Actually, you can rent it on. Uh, Amazon, Vudu, or, or wherever else you can rent stream videos from. I like this one a lot. Can recommend. Uh, it's it's not really scary. There's like maybe one or two good jump scares. That's really about it. It's more about the storytelling. And I thought the storytelling was compelling. It was interesting. 
I thought it was well done. And, and I've repeating myself at this point. Just give it a watch. Give it a watch. Uh, next up on my list is uh, Countdown. And this, I, we recently saw this one. Uh, this, uh, it's a Blumhouse film. It looked a little cheesy. It looked like one of those films. Blumhouse has kind of gotten to a point where they just like pumping out these popcorn movies, films. You, you just go to the theater to see, to have a good bag of popcorn and, and kind of mindlessly watch a horror movie. There's not really a lot of in-depth storytelling. There's not, uh, there's not like deep mystery or anything like that. It's, it's, it is what it is. It's a popcorn film. Uh, it's fun to watch. And for the brief plot synopsis on this one, I say, I say that a lot. I see for a brief plot synopsis. When a nurse downloads an app that claims to predict the moment a person will die, it tells her she only has three days to live with the clock ticking and a figure haunting her, she must find a way to save her life before time runs out. Uh, so this is kind of, kind of, uh, final destination meets, uh, the ring, I guess is, is probably the best way to put it. Uh, it was entertaining. I liked it. Acting was good. Uh, the cinematography was good. Direction was good. Blumhouse, they put out, even though they're popcorn films, they're still well-produced and they're all well-acted most, most of the time. They're all well-acted. Uh, I don't recognize many of these actors, um, maybe one or two, but that's really about it. Most of these are, at least to me anyway, are newcomers, but I think they all did a really good job. Uh, the story was, was, was good enough. It was good enough. Uh, the one issue I have. And this is, has become a, an issue with most horror films these days is the very last scene tries to set up a sequel. That's not a spoiler. Just saying it tries this. They all try to set up a, a sequel and it, it gets annoying because the, the scene, they're usually just awkwardly done and make no sense. Uh, cause as far as the story goes, that should be the end of it, but it's not. And it's annoying. And you're just like, how, how is that even possible? How they just completely broke their own rules. That bothers me a little bit. Uh, there is, there is a, a, an end credit scene, uh, which isn't very good. Again, breaks its own rules, makes no sense. It's just there. I think it's just there for comedic purposes. Is it worth a rental? Uh, yeah, I think so. I like if, if you can find it for like two bucks. I'd say rent it. Uh, it's if you have nothing better to do on a, on a Saturday night or Friday night, give it a shot. Uh, it's not a terrible movie. It's not great either. It currently has a 5.3 on IMDb. Uh, I think that's uh, maybe a little. I might give this like a six. Probably a six out of ten. Uh, so not too bad. <laughs> but it could it could have been a lot better. Uh, so there you go. There's. Countdown. Um, also, I, you know, I remember back in the day, there used to be a website uh, called, like, I think it was like Death Clock, deathclock.com or something, 
where it supposedly predicted your death. It was pretty creepy. I think that's kind of where this came from. Um, just adapted to, to modern times with, with cell phones and apps and, and things like that. So not too bad. Can't recommend. At least a, at least a cheap rental. Uh, and then, uh, next up we have Three from Hell. This is one that we actually bought on Blu-ray. We bought the, uh, uh, the special collector's edition or whatever that came with a t-shirt. Unfortunately, they all had size, uh, large and it, I'm too fat for it. <laughs> so I can't even wear the t-shirt. Can't even wear the t-shirt, but I do plan on going back to the gym soon at some point. Wifey and I are huge fans of Rob Zombie. We actually got to see him last year in concert in, uh, uh, Miami. Uh, put on a really good show. Like he, he came down. I think, I guess he does this in every show, but he came into the audience. We were like three feet away from him. Um, he's a really short dude. I had no idea, but he's a really short dude. Uh, but yeah, it was a great show. I love his films. I have not seen a film of his that I haven't liked, but with this one, um, this is, you know, part of the house of thousand corpses series or the, the devil's reject series. I don't even know what you call it. Uh, this is the third film in that trilogy. Uh, of course, starting with House of a Thousand Corpses and then Devil's Rejects and now Three from Hell. Uh, for a brief plot synopsis on this one, after barely surviving a brutal police shootout, the demented Firefly, cl- Firefly clan unleashed a whole new wave of murder, madness, and mayhem. Uh, this one currently has a 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, and unfortunately... Uh, Sid Haig passed away this year. Uh, he had a brief cameo in the film. Uh, I think uh, Rob Zombie said that he was sick. He was already sick when he was filming this, and they they were able to get him for one day. Uh, and they shot all the scenes in one day, uh, and that was it. Uh, so unfortunately, he was not able to to be in the film more, um, which is it's sad. So instead. Uh, to kind of take his place, they got, uh, uh, Richard Brake, uh, who was also in 31. He was, uh, oh, oh, who was he in 31? Uh, Doomhead. He was Doomhead in 31, sort of like the main bad guy. Uh, oh, he was also the, um, uh, the Night King. (laughs) He was the Night King in Game of Thrones. Um, he's actually a really good actor. I think. Really good actor. So he kind of, I don't want to say he took the place of, but he, he basically took the place of, uh, Captain Spaulding in the, in the, um, the trio from hell, you could say. I liked this one and wifey agrees. Uh, we like this one better than, better than Devil's Rejects, but not as good as House of Thousand Corpses. So yeah, this one, I think this one was, was better than Devil's Rejects. There's just a lot more story to it. There's a lot more character development. Uh, I was kind of concerned having the new character added to the cast, but he worked out really well. Uh, and I, I thought they did a really good job on the story of how they got arrested, how they, they got out. Yeah. Overall, we just really enjoyed the film. I think, I think a 5.6 is ridiculous. <laughs> this film at least should have an eight. Uh, it's, it's shot. Well, uh, it's, it's got that gritty, typical Rob Zombie art house look to it. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I can't think of, of 
any more great things to say about it. It's just a really good film. Highly recommend. Uh, if you can buy this on Blu-ray, get it. We have the Blu-ray. I think they have like a bunch of special features that I want to go through and watch. Uh, but definitely at least get the Blu-ray. If not, um, buy it digitally. Or you can just watch it on Shutter. It is available on Shutter uh, right now. Uh, so if you have Shutter, which I do recommend, uh, for five bucks a month, Shutter is a great service. Uh, if you're a horror fanatic like I am, highly, highly recommend that you get Shutter. Uh, but yeah, it is there on Shutter for your viewing pleasure. And then finally, the final film I kind of want to talk about is a uh, Siren. Now, Siren started out as a segment from VHS, which was uh, it's one of my favorite anthologies, um, found footage anthologies. Really great film. They have several sequels to follow it up. They have VHS, SVHS, and VHS Viral. I think there's one more, but I'm not I'm not real sure. There might just be three. But this was a segment in the very first one, and what I appreciate is that is that they got Hannah Hannah uh, Fireman Fearman, uh, who played Lily in the in the short. They got her to play the siren here as well, which I really do appreciate. Uh, this is a feature length version of that story. Uh, also, this is not found footage. This is third-person narrative. Uh, I, it, you can tell it's an independent film. There are some sometimes where some scenes where the just the cinematography looks like uh, it's it's shot by. I don't want to even say it's shot. It just doesn't quite have that production value uh, that a a bigger budget studio film would have. You know what I mean? You can it just has that sort of indie film look. Uh and I I don't want to I don't want to use the word amateur in a bad way, but it it looks some of the some of the shots look a little amateur. But I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> just low budget. I guess low budget, small budget. I think even low budget now has sort of a negative connotation. Uh, probably, I guess small budget looks like a small budget film. Acting is good. Acting is fine. I enjoyed the acting. Uh, this actually has Chase Williamson, who plays the main character. He was in um, uh, John Dies at the End, another great film. Uh, he's actually a really good actor. I enjoy I enjoy his work. All the actors did a great job. I think uh, this also has uh, Justin Wilburn who plays Mr. Nix and Justin Wilburn. I know him from uh, justified. Uh, he's also in uh, quite a few other horror films, a uh, really good character actor. He usually plays these sort of villainous types, uh, but he did a really good job in the film. Um, some of his dialogue though was a little goofy. Uh, but like I said, there were some scenes that, that were kind of, you could tell it was a, a small budget film. Uh, overall, I liked it. I thought it was a nice adaptation of the original short story or short film segment from VHS. Uh, special effects, visual effects were really well done. Nothing looked overly uh, cheesy with the CGI. Uh, nothing looked overly sort of animated, I guess. There wasn't a whole lot of jump scares. 
at all. Uh, but it still had a good story to it. Story was still really good. The ending was satisfying. Um, you kind of, it's one of those, like, you kind of saw it coming, but not really. Um, but I do recommend it. If you have a chance to watch it, can recommend it is currently on Netflix. So you don't have to pay for it. It is free on Netflix. Uh, do you recommend that one? Uh, and then I do want to couple, talk about a couple shows that came out this year. Uh, Lock and Key, which is based on the Joe Hill uh, comic book series. They say graphic novels. They're comic books. They're comic books. <laughs> like, it's just, I'm sorry. Sorry. I've read all the comics. Really good series. Great stories. Well-written. Uh, artist or the artwork is is spot on. Do recommend the comics for sure. Like, like highly recommend the comic books. The show, I'm not really impressed with. It just, it's too slow. Uh, I don't like where the story goes. I don't like how it's flowing. Um, the pacing is, is off. So some, to me, something's wrong with the pacing. The acting is great. The, the, the cinematography is great. Production value is, is top notch. I just don't like the story. I, I don't like it. it. It's just boring. <laughs> it is, it is a boring show. Not my thing. Um, not happy with it all. I probably won't finish it. I've watched, I've watched like three or four episodes. I'm just kind of done with this one. Uh, wifey, you got into it. Um, she'll probably have to watch it on her own. <laughs> I'm just not into it. Uh, the other show I want to talk about, which actually surprised me. I saw the trailer. I was like, I, that's, that's not my thing. I have zero intentions on watching that, but it's, uh, I am not okay with this. Wifey likes to watch shows with like teen angst, which I'm not into. And I saw the trailer. I was like, this is just another show about teen angst, teen angst with a little bit of paranormal stuff thrown in there. Uh, it's a little more involved than that, than that. Uh, it's more of a coming of age with a carry twist <laughs> with a carry twist. You kind of see the carry thing coming like right from the beginning. Uh, but they told it in a really, a really sort of satisfying way. Um, I wasn't sure how the season was going to end. Uh, cause they, they, it's one of those where like right off the bat, you know, it starts where it ends. You know what I mean? So like you see like what will be the final shot or the final scene. And then it it's all flashback from there, which I'm okay with. I see it a lot. I'm okay with it. It's, it's not a bad thing, but I was pleasantly surprised by this. The story kept me interested. Uh, it kept me wondering what was going to happen. This stars uh, actually two, two of the kids from it. Uh, Sophia Lillis and Y. Olaf. Um, Sophia Lillis, she played, uh, the, she's a female in, uh, in it and, uh, Wyatt played, I think he played Stanley. He also plays the Stanley in this show. So, uh, th and this is based off of a comic book. This was written or the, the comic book was written by Charles Forsman, who did write, uh, End of the Effing World which is also available on Netflix. But um, Jonathan and Twistle wrote the scripts for this show and um, End of the Effing World as well. Uh, I guess him and him and him and old dude must have been friends or something. I don't know. Maybe 
Who knows? <laughs> but turned out to be a really good show. End on ended on an excellent cliffhanger. Uh, a lot of times, or so, or sometimes, I'm just not satisfied with cliffhangers the way they end. Uh, this one, great cliffhanger, and I'm so excited to see season two. Uh, all these episodes are really short. They're, they're only like 20, 20 minutes long. Uh, so you can knock this one out in an evening. We, we, yeah, we, we sat here. It only took a few hours to just plow right through it. Uh, highly recommend this one. Really, really liked it a lot. Uh, and this is a Netflix original. Uh, so there you go. So there's just a few of the things that I've been watching. Um, I know there's another series on Shudder that I really want to watch. One of which is called The Deadlands. It's basically a uh, sort of like a, a Maori zombie story. Looks really, really good. Uh, a few new things on Shutter: Ginger Snaps, which is good. Uh, Replace, which looks interesting. Uh, the Wendigo. Dog Soldiers, great film. Can recommend. Return of the Living Dead 3, one of the best in the series. Uh, Three from Hell, as I mentioned. Soul Station is there now. Soul Station is the... Uh, anime prequel to uh, Train to Busan. Another great film. That one is uh, available on Netflix. The Hills Have Eyes is up there now. Prom Night and Prom Night 2. Uh, a film called... It's called Cactus? Oh, Cat Calls. <laughs> Cat Calls. This one looks pretty cool. It's got a good rating on Shutter, so I might check this one out. So there you go. That is going to do it for this week's episode of Scream Stream. If you'd like to keep up with, keep up with me outside of the podcast, you can do so at screampod.com. Again, that'll take you to the anchor.fm page where you can find links to all of my social media. Uh, you can find links to my Twitch. Uh, you can support the show, subscribe to it in your favorite podcatcher. All that good stuff is right there on the page. It's a nice little clean layout. You can even leave a voicemail if you like. Uh, and uh, if you want, I'll play the voicemail on the episodes or on the next episode. Uh, so if that's something you are interested in doing, you can leave me some some voicemail feedback. That'd be pretty cool. And again, I stream on Twitch live every every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I stream a game called Sea of Thieves, which is a, a pirate game. Friday nights to do a craft beer review. Uh, so come on by, say hello, and uh, follow me there. So until next week. I'm Jimbo Lewis saying, if it was real, the cameraman would be dead too. Good night. <laughs>